Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Holy Commutes podcast morning radio show, the only show in Wiffle Ball that gives you daily Wiffle content from around the Wiffle world. My name is Sam Skibby, your final Friday host of this season of Holy Commutes. And I know there was a question from Trent and Austin Steffes on one of their previous Wednesdays where they talked, what season is this? This is actually the 18th season of Holy Commutes. We are two away from season 20. So this July, 2024, you will have season 20 of Holy Commutes coming out to you. And just so happens it's four weeks and there's five days in each. So that's gonna be 20 episodes. Maybe we do something fun and have 20 Whifflers for 20 shows. So if you're interested in joining us for season 20 or even season 19 coming up in April, we'd love to have everyone that wants to be a part of this very long standing podcast. Today is the final episode of the 18th season, and I'm very excited to kind of wrap it all up and put a big bow on it. For this final episode of season 18, I did want to talk about the upcoming award season for National Wiffle. You know, the National Wiffle podcast series is has a host of different many podcasts, and including this Holy Commutes. One of the other things that is big with National Wiffle is the award season, going through the Wiffy Awards, the national teams, and that's something that has still been kept up. Since 2006, the National Wiffle entity has been putting out these different awards. It didn't always start that way. John Converse started this a long time ago, back in the day, and in about 2012, I started helping him and kind of pulled in some different help from different people throughout the years. Obviously, the National Wiffle website leaves something to be desired. There's a lot of updates that still need to be there, but the one thing that has always stayed consistent is this podcast network and the awards. So this award season is already begun. The votes have been in. We had over 25 different leagues submit on their on the Google Sheet that was sent out via Twitter and social media to get as many leagues as possible. One of the things about these National Wiffy Awards is you really have to take stats to kind of be a part of this, but it's not necessary. There are so many leagues out there, we've kind of gone to a shift where we've gone to these social media leagues, these Instagram leagues, and even if you take stats on the back end, you don't have a website to house them, you don't use League Lineup, you don't use My Stats Online, you still have that opportunity to fill out this form that is sent. I even sent some of this form to different Instagram leagues through Instagram and said, hey, can you fill this out for your guys? Let's get them some recognition. And if anybody recognized anybody, even without stats in some cases, they're still included. Now, for all the commissioners out there that are looking to be a part of this in the future, look out for it again next year. We'd love to have you be a part of it. And it's always on Twitter. Follow National Wiffle so you can get all of that too. And follow Holy Commutes because it's usually the place to go to hear about those awards during the awards presentation. I wanted to talk regions first because back in the day, we actually used to have the South region. So we had the East, the West, the Central, and the South. And it was kind of split in a normal way. <laughs> If you look on the website now, it's split into three sections, West, Central, and East. And it's not really split the normal way that you would think Central is. Like, for example, Missouri, my home state, usually people would say it is in the Central. But for National Wiffle, it's in the West. Back in the day, the West was a growing region. It needed help. So we added in pretty much anything that was west of the Mississippi. You know, Minnesota is included in that. And you have Iowa, you have Arkansas, you have Texas. Everything is included that's west of the Mississippi in the west region. And then your central region kind of has everything else that's in the middle that doesn't really border the Atlantic Ocean. 
The east does include things like Pennsylvania or West Virginia that may not touch the ocean, but obviously is still included in the east region too. So you can take a look at that map on the National Wiffle website. Just Google National Wiffle. Should be one of the first hits on there. And you can see the map breakdown. But there's been some changes in these regions as of late. The east has always been that juggernaut. And in the past, it was always that juggernaut, but then the Central started to kind of take over. And then you kind of pushed out a lot of these other leagues like Minnesota, Missouri, you push them out West. And now the West ends up being the most growing region right now. PLW, JAL, BLW uh, out in Arizona. There's a lot of leagues and, and Texas included. There's a lot of leagues out there that are continuing to grow the West in a big way. The Central region has big established leagues, but there's a lot of crossover. You have the Griffleball League, who has recently disbanded, but they have some of their guys playing in Leroy, playing in Old Republic, playing in CCW. They used to have Wisconsin and Illinois. They used to be a hotbed for more different leagues. And, and then also another Michigan league, WSEM, used to have so many people a part of these awards in the past. So the central region kind of dwindling in numbers, but they still have that core group of CCW, Old Republic Football League, et cetera, that are a huge part of keeping the central viable. The West is growing, like I said, in the East, while they've kind of stayed a little bit steady and all those same players kind of play in each other's leagues, Ridley Park, Maw, East Coast Wiffle, Golden Stick Wiffle, Gall, all these leagues will, all these leagues play within one another. There's a lot of crossover but they're really not into stats as you, as they used to be. So it's kind of finding the different leagues and making sure that are they attending these national tournaments? Are they going and crossing over into different regions? Are they coming to the Midwest to play? Are they going out east to play? And in making sure to include as many different leagues across all the regions in this award season. I do have six awards that we are actually going to announce today on this Friday. And I have six other awards that we're going to announce the nominees for, some big ones. The national teams list will be released in the coming week. So by the end of January, all of the national teams for rookies, fielding, pitching, and hitting will be released by the end of the month. Follow on social media for that to be released soon. But I did want to break down six different award winners that already, because of counting stats or because of all the people that submitted the form, it received multiple votes. When it comes to the WIFI awards, picking the nominees can be somewhat of a challenge, but it makes it really easy when there are commissioners and league reps out there that don't vote for their own guys or their own people or their own teams. Instead, they vote for other leagues because then when multiple people get those votes, you know that that was a year to remember for them in 2023. So there's three awards that are going to be more of a counting stat award. It just depends who in the country had the most of this specific category. And then there's three that had multiple votes for these three to be winners. So you got to just include them as the winners without having to send it off to voters. For all the other WIFI awards, and we'll get to some nominees and, and some categories in a moment, for all the other awards, it's going to go out to a voting base. There's going to be an equal number of voters from the West, Central, and East regions. First, those regions will vote on their own winners, and then it'll go to a national vote where all those same voters will kind of do a ranking system. So it's not just you saying, oh, I want the Central to win, so I'm going to vote them number one. You also have to vote number two and number three also. So there's going to be a lot of crossover in those voting. That's how we've done it the past many years, and it's worked out really well. 
But let's start with these six awards that basically have already been decided. These are the first reveals of some WIFI awards in 2023. First, we're gonna go with the counting ones and that's our National Strikeout King. Our National Strikeout King for 2023 is Jake Purdy from the Premier League Wiffle in Vegas with a whopping 235 strikeouts. Now you might say, well, Sam, he played 54 games. It's a 54 game season, but you got to remember they're still medium pitch. So to have 235, even if it is 54 games, he played the game he was supposed to and got those strikeouts is absolutely wild in medium speed. And you know, there, I got some text messages from Tom Gannon that showed, I know recently there was videos or pictures, I believe, of, of David Wood pitching in Maw a couple years back where his foot was way before the rubber or, you know, Carter Caps in the MLB as well. So there's a couple times there's some, some video knowledge, some video evidence of maybe Jake Purdy having some early steps and drags of his foot to get a little closer to the strike zone. So I wonder if PLW is going to be cracking down on that in the future. But I heard he wasn't the only pitcher doing that as well, even have some pictures to prove it. So congratulations to Jake Purdy this year, but who knows if you get it next year, keep that prowess going, but maybe keep the foot on the rubber, sir. All right, moving on to the national batting champion. It comes from BWBL, Backyard Wiffle Ball League in Wilkes-Barre, we have Nick Pugh. Congratulations to him hitting 692 on the year. And BWBL, no slouch uh, as a league, been a part of the NWA tournament many times. They come to United Wiffle. Nick Pugh had an amazing year at the plate. The next highest for their league was a 627 batting average. So over 70 points better is this is Nick Pugh this year. The next highest batting average after that was from the SWBL Scott Poley at 679. So kind of cleared that by, you know, 15 plus points. So congratulations to Nick Pugh for putting BWBL in their first title for batting champion Wiffy Award. And then the third counting stat Wiffy Award is the National Home Run King. Usually goes to a league like Old Republic Wiffle Ball League. I know OCWA of the past has won this before as well, but this year it was Alex Clark from Tampa Bay Wiffle at 56 home runs. 56 home runs for the Tampa Bay Wiffle Ball League. The next highest was Old Republic Wiffle Ball League. They had two players tie at 54. So they were two home runs away in their season from taking on this crown. Again, Old Republic Wiffle Ball League taking the crown, but Tampa Bay Wiffle taking it, and Alex Clark from Tampa Bay, a long-standing member of the Tampa Bay Wiffle Ball League, Alex Clark. Congratulations to him. And that brings us to our three that received multiple votes from many different people around the country, and it was there was no reason to kind of put them in uh, into a voting process because these three already had so many nominations over everybody else. And that is for video of the year. If you haven't seen it yet, you need to. 44 million views on YouTube. It is the MLW and Mark Rober collaboration. If you have not seen it, look it up. Talks about how a wiffle ball curves and it has a lot of nostalgia to our sport. Obviously, MLW, you almost watch them grow up from their first season to now. And Mark Rober kind of went back to his hometown as well, where they played wiffle ball in the cul-de-sac and brought it full circle at Shangri-La in Oklahoma. Bringing, that was the field of the year last year. So kind of putting all of this wiffle ball stuff full circle 
and had a great message at the end. So MLW and the Mark Rober collaboration is your National Wiffy Video of the Year. Now we're going to get to two team awards. We have the Team of the Year. And then the Dangerfield team of the year, coined from Rodney Dangerfield, always was the worst team of the of the season. So the worst team of 2023, there was actually three teams that went over. And then there was two teams that had such a terrible run differential, I almost had to include them to mention at least. Those two teams, the HRL Lugnuts, who went 2-36, and 36, had a negative 336 run differential. Yes, I said that correctly. The Hustlers... They are from Tampa Bay, 3-18 and 18 with a negative 306 run differential. So the only two that were in the negative 300s. Then we had three 0-for teams. We had the SWBL Expos going 0-for-10 in their season. The Jenkins Owls from BWBL going 0-for-20. And then your 2023 winner for National Danger Field Team of the Year is from Old Republic Wiffle Ball League, the Willow Creek War Pigs going 0 and 30 with a negative 268 run differential. Congratulations to the War Pigs. You didn't win anything all year long, so here is your first win of the season. Congratulations to the War Pigs. Now we're going to move on to our team of the year. In the past two years, the Juggernauts have dominated this category because they've won Maw and they have won the United Wiffleball Championship. This year, there really wasn't that clear-cut team that above the rest could have, it's, it's just not, it's just everybody's knowledge is that's the best team in the country. This year, there were so many teams that won the different tournaments. And then you look at those teams that maybe won a league, but then in one of those major tournaments didn't get to the top three or maybe third place or second place. So who do you pick when it comes to that? But there were so many nominees for this next team, nominations for this next team, that they almost had to be chosen for this. And there's some justification behind it too. I want to congratulate our national team of the year for 2023, the KWL Keggers. The Keggers are the NWA tournament champions this past year. The first team that were on ESPN Plus for the championship game to win. Come from behind victory against my own team on ESPN Plus. And they are the second team in the history of this tournament to go undefeated. They went a perfect 7-0. To get there, they had to go through the defending champions as well, kind of cementing themselves as they are the new crown champs of the clean ball, yellow bat, base running realm. And the KWL Kagers also have players on those teams that also won different championships, not only in KWL, but Grant Miller winning it with the Magic in MLW too. So a lot of winning happening with the roster of the KWL Keggers. You have to give it to these guys. What an incredible year for the Keggers. Congratulations, our 2023 Team of the Year. That'll wrap up the six that are already decided. What'll happen is we have plenty more of Wiffy Awards to come. We have plenty more nominations to happen, much more voting to happen. This will happen throughout the end of January and into February. We're hoping by mid-February, all of the Wiffy Awards will be released. We'll do another podcast in February. I'll probably have a host with me, whether it's a Steffis, we bring back Carl Coffey, somebody that's going to host it with me, and we'll do the big awards and announce all of them too. But stay tuned on social media for the release of those other awards, and congratulations to our six award winners so far. Now I want to go through six different awards that the nominations are set. Pretty much all the Wiffy awards that are not 
central you know region based national player of the year based have already been decided there's many more than these but these are six i just want to highlight for you today on the podcast and many more nominations will come on social media as been has been mentioned but let's start with the podcast of the year there are so many great nominees for this and so many leagues out there, tournaments, different people that have podcasts. Holy Commutes has dominated this category for many years, but there has been so many other podcasts that have popped up that have really pushed Holy Commutes to continue going and to keep getting better. Pipe It Up Podcast is one of those that are nominated this year. Plenty of nominations for that one. The Athlete's Foot Podcast, a brand new one for 2023, courtesy of the Stompers. You have Holy Commutes, of course, nominated again. We have the Going Corn podcast from Leroy. A lot of Indiana folks love this podcast. Go out and take a listen if you haven't heard it yet. And then another one is from the East Coast realm. We have Chemical Balance. If you haven't heard those at the beginning of 2023, they were putting out a lot of content. So Chemical Balance is another one. So Pipe It Up, Athlete's Foot, Holy Commutes, Going Corn, and Chemical Balance are your nominees for 2023. Next up, we have Fun Team of the Year. We just got through two of the teams. Here's another one for the team awards. First up, we have the Eastern Eagles from MLW. Gotta love the hammer down that they put. They had such an incredible year in so many different series, including the World Series that they played as well. And the Eastern Eagles Fun Team of the Year. It was fun to watch them all year long on YouTube. The Melonheads from the Mowiff Wiffleball League they in Missouri, they not only won their championship, but they did it in style. Some great characters on that team with Jimmy Stout and Spencer Bogat and Jason Wurstenholm and many, many more. Sam Eichelab, Ryan Brown, Caleb Schweigert. I'll just go through them all. But the Melonheads have a very fun team and also won a championship to boot. The Bushwhackers of Yish, you know, the, the Yish League uh, in Illinois, the, the Bushwhackers have attended different tournaments and their own league. And every time I've hung out with them, they are an amazing group of guys. And I loved hanging out with them at the MoWiff Summer Classic. They made the trip down and it was a pleasure to have them be a part of it. And they are great beer drinkers to have in your corner. The Lugnuts of HRL are one of the more fun teams of the year. HRL will tell you, everybody who lines up to play the Lugnuts, only a two-team two-win team this year, but they may have only had two wins on the field, but I know every time a team played them, everybody felt like a winner playing the Lugnuts. And then, of course, we mentioned them before, starting a podcast, being a part of many different tournaments, having their team, have their league do well, or team do well in their league is the Stompers of MAW. Congratulations to our nominees for Fun Team of the Year. Next up, we have our Event of the Year. This one has a few more categories because, or it's a few more nominees because there are so many in this category that were relevant and so many of these received multiple votes. So here are the ones that received multiple votes, not just one, but multiple votes would be the Ma Opening Day Tournament. It's probably, you know, the second biggest tournament of the year uh, from last year. The MLW World Series at the Mercedes-Benz Dome, obviously a huge event that one that needed to be highlighted. The NWLA tournament that was on the championship on ESPN Plus. So that event being on ESPN Plus really brought more viewers into our sport. Speaking of more viewers into our sport, the NWLA All-Star Game on the Ocho is also included in this event of the year. CCW hosts an All-Star Game with Lynn for Whitney and raised so much money as well. And such a great event to be a part of. So many people attend that I know it was one thing that Will Smithy mentioned in one of his 
previous Holy Commutes, something that everybody should go out and be a part of. Would love to see that one day. And then, of course, Tournament of the Year, United Wiffle Ball is on the event of the year. Everybody looks forward to it at the end of their years to mark their calendars. So United Wiffle Ball rounds out for event of the year. Now we're going to move on to manager of the year. They, these were six names that had multiple votes as well. Many people, even across different leagues, were even saying that they deserve to be a part of this and asking around. These are the six guys that kind of stick out. You have Andrew Lede of PLW, the Cajuns, also brought a team to United Wiffle as a top 15 finish. So Andrew Lede of PLW winning the PLW championship and also having a good run in the United Wiffle and in other tournaments as well. Andrew Lede is for PLW. KLW, the Kegers, we just announced them as the national team of the year. And your captain, Justin Gregory, of that team has been nominated. Dylan Jones of CCW. Dylan Jones was the United Wiffle, the NWA tournament, and his team in CCW was victorious in their league this year. So Dylan Jones getting nominated. Another Dylan, Dylan Harshaw of Ridley Park Wiffleball League, led Ridley Park to a third place finish in NWA tournament, just missing the cut for ESPN Plus. Also led, uh, has led so many different teams, you know, as the commissioner of many different teams that go to United Wiffle, and then obviously the Ridley Park manager of his own team as well. So Dylan Harshaw, oh, and, and Ma as well, the Ridley Park team has made it to the championship game against ERL -E Earl for the championship game in Ma too. So a great manager for and representative of the Ridley Park Wiffleball League. Another manager is Ryan Gallagher of Orable. Truffle Butter team won again in Orable this year. Ryan Gallagher, a, a big proponent of the slow pitch wiffle ball realm. And then Luke Richter of TC35 in the Texas realm. Had a good showing at United Wiffle. Always a pleasure in Texas. And I know recently signed with the Juggernauts, I believe. But Luke Richter, this, Richter for this year, Manager of the Year 2023 nominee. Your 2023 Commissioners of the Year have been nominated because there's been multiple votes for these commissioners. We had Adam Tannick from PLW, myself, Sam Skibby for the SWBL, Huck Finn of HRL, Kyle Schultz, of course, of MLW, and Alex Friedman of the Old Republic Wiffleball League, your five nominees for Commissioner of the Year. Wiffletarian of the Year is the person that you know does the most for our sport in a year there are so many names that came up on this but these are the ones that obviously receive multiple votes we have many other deserving people that could be on this list but these are the five for this year jacob davy brought the nwa tournament to pittsburgh and put on a fantastic show is nominated for this one Ethan Weiner has gone all over the country to do so many great things for our sport in the media realm and a great ambassador for the game Mark Schultz on it this year. This is Kyle's dad. Mark Schultz is on for the Wiffletarian of the Year. The first time he's been nominated, and why hasn't he been nominated before? I have no idea. Speaking of Schultz, Kyle Schultz is on this. We have a father-son matchup for the Wiffletarian of the Year. Kyle Schultz, probably the biggest name in Wiffleball, not probably, is the biggest name in Wiffleball, and does the most for our sport that you could say year over year. And finally, not really fair, they get two for one special here, but the Cook brothers, um, hard to distinguish between them who does more, but Paul and Tim both have such a hand in our sport right now. So the Cook brothers also nominated for Wiffletarian of the Year. There you have it, folks. Those are six different awards with the nominations. 
The other nominees will be coming out soon on social media on Twitter. Please follow national underscore Wiffle to get all of your nominees for 2023 and see those coming. The national teams will be released as well. You can also follow Twitter for getting photos of Jersey of the Year, Photo of the Year, links for Article of the Year and Website of the Year, links for the Play of the Year, different nomination nominations that we'll have, the Improved Website of the Year, and pictures of Fields of the Year. All the nominations have been set. You will just see those roll out as we go along through this award season process. Season 18 of Holy Commutes has come to a close, your only show in Wiffle Ball that gives you daily content from around the Wiffle world. My name is Sam Skibby, your Friday host. Thank you to all of our hosts that had a hand in Season 18, including the Cook Brothers on Mondays, Tim Dean on Tuesdays, the Steffes Brothers on Wednesdays, Will Smithy, brand new, making his debut on Thursdays, loved having his knowledge of Wiffle Ball out there. And we had Foodman and Tom Gannon on Fridays along with myself. If you're interested in joining us for season 19 before we head to our season 20, 20 Whifflers in 20 days, we'd love to have you for season 19. I'm always interested to see what new people have to say, and it's a platform for you to say whatever you'd like in the sport of Wiffleball. That's all for me on this Friday. Enjoy the rest of your Friday. Enjoy your weekend, everybody. Stay tuned for the National Wiffle Awards. They will be coming out very soon. National teams and Wiffle Awards coming at you this end of January and in February. We'll see you later. This house is now a litany Things I thought I'd never be Man who has opinions on an ottoman Among other things I used to think I missed the road the crushing fame, the sold-out shows and I just sing head, shoulders, knees and toes Like I'd forgotten them But I'm alive Baby, I'm thriving Oh, yeah I'm living my